Welcome to this Under the Covers episode of Charlotte Readers Podcast, where authors give voice to their written words. This is the Friday version of Charlotte Readers Podcast, where host Landis Wade and his author guests get under the covers. That's right. We get in and out because there are just too many interesting books and engaging authors in the region and not enough time. And just like the longer version of the show, you'll learn interesting facts about the authors and their books, and the authors will read their work. And also like the longer version, you will find images, links, and information about the authors in the show notes at charlottereaderspodcast.com. Support for Charlotte Readers Podcast is provided by Park Road Books, the oldest and only independent bookstore in Charlotte, conveniently located in Park Road Shopping Center. And by Charlotte Mecklenburg Library, a connector of readers, leaders, and learners with 20 locations and a 24-hour online presence. We're also grateful to those of you who offer member support, for which I'm pleased to offer in return member-only content curated with our authors and myself. You can find out more about this member-only content and how you can help authors give voice to their written words at charlottereaderspodcast.com. When Landis is not getting under the cover at bookstores, at events, and on the road, he does it in the well-equipped podcast studio at Advent Coworking, located in the Belmont community near Uptown Charlotte. But enough with the prologue. Let's get under the covers. I'm your host, Landis Wade. Thank you for listening. Hey, listeners, today we're visiting with Nicole Ayers and talking about her collection of books, The Love Notes to My Body Collection, which takes readers through the nuanced relationship she has with her body. But because she believes that women universally struggle with body image and self-acceptance, she hopes readers may catch glimpses of themselves and her stories. The books are published by Spark Publications, one of our episode sponsors this year, and the genre sort of falls somewhere between self-help and memoir. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you, Landis. Yeah, and, and in this, this time of social distancing, recording here in uh, late April. Congratulations on your books, uh, your Thank collection you. here. Yeah, it's very interesting. Before we get into those, I want to talk to you. Uh, that is, before we talk about your body, let's talk about you. Now, I've never said that before. Before we talk about <laughs> your body, <laughs> let's talk about you. That might get me in trouble in a lot of times, but but I've got a reason. In this sure. show here, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, you've been, uh, I think you said to me, you've been playing with words as long as you can remember. Um, how so? I always like to keep a journal or a diary. That was just how I processed life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when I was a little girl, I remember having a diary that I just spilled my guts into. Um, mm-hmm. But even before that, books have always been my best friend in a a lot of ways whenever I was upset and, and, you know, I would go find a book to comfort myself with, or when I wanted to learn something new, I would find a book that could teach me what it was that I wanted to know. And that's just always how I related to the world was, was through words. Hmm. And now you had many jobs in your life. You were a, uh, I'm trying to get this right. a, A server, camp counselor, telemarketer, print shop, lackey, bartender, teacher, how did these jobs prepare you to be a writer? It's just to experience life <laughs> yeah. and to get to know people. And what I always end up writing is about myself. Right. I, as a reader, primarily love to read fiction. And mm-hmm. as an editor, that's what I primarily work on. But when it, whenever I sit down to write, the stories that come are my own. Mm-hmm. And so all those life experiences I've had in restaurants, behind bars, you know, calling someone across the country to see if they would sign up for a 
con, you know, a tech conference have just given me a lot of stories to pull from. Yeah. And you said until you started uh, writing yourself, editing at Ayers Edits was your favorite job because you combined your love of reading with the fun of wordplay. But then you added that until in front of that. So now you enjoy writing as much or more than the editing process? I really do. Yeah. I yeah. Now that I've embraced that side of myself, that I really have stories to tell that matter, that people want to hear, it, there's no better feeling in that world than to have someone read something that I've written and tell me that it made them think about themselves differently. Yeah, that's good. And we're just a little plug here. Um, you're going to be on our Patreon site, probably even before this comes out, maybe uh, in the June time period, you're going to be talking about editing. We're going to sit down and have that discussion from your experience. So uh, listeners, you can uh, check that out at our Patreon page. Um, now you say you live in uh, South Carolina with uh, brilliant and brave daughters, your best friend, your you got a goofy dog and a long suffering tortoise. And an occasional fish. What the fish just don't last as long as the. They just or, don't. You know, we've had <laughs> fish that have lasted for several years, which is a yeah. pretty impressive record for a beta. But yeah, yeah, you know, they just don't make it quite as long. Okay, all right. So before we get into the covers to talk about this uh, interesting collection of uh, love letters and notes to 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 your body, let's talk about the covers themselves because you've got some interesting colors. Uh, were you involved in sketching these out? Did you have help? To, to tell you what, people who are listening can't see what we're looking at. So tell us what we're seeing on these covers of these books. So when I originally started this writing practice, it was just a journaling practice for myself. And a few months into it, I felt this nudge that this wasn't just for me, that this wasn't a writing practice that was just for me any longer. And I wanted to turn it into a book of love notes to my body because I was really trying to change my relationship with my body and how I spoke to my body and what I thought about my body. And it was very clear to me always that that book would be illustrated. And I wanted it to be whimsical and bright and colorful and really a celebration. And I have a very good friend, Micah Gadia, who is an artist, and that's exactly the kind of art that she creates. It's whimsical, it's colorful, it's beautiful. And so I went to breakfast with her one morning and said, hey, I, I'm sitting on this project and I'd love for you to partner with me. And luckily for me, she said yes. And I, as I wrote these love notes to my body, I would send them to her and she created paintings for each one of the love notes. And what Spark did so brilliantly was pull from all of her paintings. We had over 60 paintings. They pulled from her paintings images to create the covers for the three books. Yeah, that's interesting. One book uh, turned into three. Yeah, I noticed you've got, uh, when you're writing to your body, you can see a body part that may or may not resemble your own, but it's sort of a, of a sketch there that they've done to... Uh, kind of illustrate what, you know, what you're writing to or talking about. Yes. That was really important to everyone involved with the project because the notes are my stories, mm -hmm. but my hope here for all readers is that they do catch glimpses of themselves. And so I wanted the illustrations of the various body parts to be very inclusive of women of all colors and all sizes and shapes. Yeah, and on the back of Love Notes to My Body, you've got this uh, comment, our bodies are magic markers. 
Our constant companions, our wise teachers. What do you mean by that? So when we're really little kids, we know when we're hungry. We know when we're tired. We just pay attention to those signals that our bodies give us. And I know for me, as I got older, I stopped paying attention or because I thought I should be doing something or I wanted to show up in a certain way and have people like me, I would ignore the signals that my body would give me. And, you know, very much around whether or not I was hungry would, you know, well, was I on a date and wanted to impress the person I was dating so I wouldn't eat as much or, you know, I was at a party and had skipped dinner, but didn't want to, you know, stand around the buffet table eating. I would ignore those sorts of markers or I was tired and instead of resting would continue to push. And so our bodies, in fact, it's during this pandemic, I was ignoring signals my body was giving me that was telling me I was stressed. Mm -hmm. I have several markers that, you know, I get really, really tight in my neck and shoulder region. I have um, sciatica. And when I'm stressed, those things flare up. And I, several weeks ago, was like, oh my goodness, I'm in so much pain. What's going on? And I was like, oh, I'm I'm stressed. Mm. And, you know, I had to remember my body's constantly giving me signals. And we talk about intuition and gut feelings. You know, that's, again, that's my body telling me, hey, this is a, you know, a path for you to follow. Pay attention to that. Or, hey, maybe that's not a safe thing for you to do. Don't go there. All right. So that's pretty good setup. Are you ready to uh, get under the covers and talk about bodies? Let's do it. If you like our mission of helping authors give voice to their written words, please consider leaving a short written review about Charlotte Reader's podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Because when you leave a review, it helps authors reach more listeners. You can keep up with news about the show and member-only content for our member supporters by joining our email list. We promise not to spam you because, well, that takes too much time. And if you do join the list, we will give you a free ebook written by me. The first book in the Christmas Courtroom Trilogy. Charlotte Readers Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. For more information, go to queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Okay, so we got these uh, we got these three books, uh, Love Letters to My Body, Love Notes to My Body, Writing Your Way to Self-Love, uh, which came first, and talk a little bit about the structure of these books. Sure. So Love Notes to My Body came first. It was born out of that journaling practice because I realized I didn't like my body at all and I wanted to change that, but I needed something very tangible to do. And as I mentioned earlier, writing is how I process life. So I just started noodling that idea and I was like, well, when people fall in love, they romance each other, they are wooing each other and we write love. I wrote love notes to my husband. And I was like, well, what if I wrote love notes to my body? And that actually felt very intimidating to me. And so I was like, well, what if I just wrote to the parts of my body that I really like? And from there, I was able to move into conversation with all the different parts of my body, the parts that I struggled with, the parts I didn't like at all, the parts that I felt had failed me in some way to the parts that I really celebrated And once I got that nudge that that was going to be a book and it wasn't going to be just for me, I always 
in the back of my mind, considered there would be a companion journal to go along with that so that other people could write their own love notes if they were inspired. And so write your way to self-love, a guided journal to help you love your body one part at a time. That, that idea came along pretty early as well. It wasn't until I showed my work to my editor just to say, am I on the right path here? Is there even, is there a book here? You know, what's going on that she pointed out, I had really written two different sorts of books. The one love notes was really a celebration. Those notes are full of gratitude and joy about the body part and what it does for me. And some of those notes that had gotten very long and we're turning mm. into letters <laughs> and we're digging into things much deeper than just a, the body parts function yeah. in my life. And so that's how love letters to my body, writing my way to self-love the essay collection came about. I'd, I followed her advice and luckily I did because then I was able to really run with both of those ideas and wasn't weighed down by length or parameters of, what the structures needed to be. Yeah, it's kind of like having a long form podcast and a and a twenty five minute show. You got love notes to my body that are the uh, you get in there, you talk to one quickly, and you move on to the next one. And then uh, in the longer show, your love letters to my body, you're diving in a little bit deeper. Yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> and then in the third book, you you provide enough space for people to make their own notes and comments about these, right? Yes. And, and you when you start out love notes to my body, you start out dear hair. But in love letters to my body, you start out, dear voice. Okay. Is it just because we can't get our hair cut during this time that you started there? <laughs> <laughs> no. When I sent the essays, love letters to my body, out to my right. beta readers, one of the right. questions that I had for them was, does the order and flow make sense? Because I arranged the essays according to how my healing happened and the events in my life unfolded which didn't happen, you know, from a head to toe body part perspective. And about half the readers said, yes, it was great. I loved the way that they unfolded. And the other half were very distraught that it, there wasn't a linear order to follow. They wanted that head to toe approach. And I just couldn't do that with love letters to my body. The essays didn't work that way if I tried to arrange them. And again, because that's just not how the healing happened in my life. And I was like, okay, well, I can't do it for the essay collection, but I can do that for the love notes. Mm -hmm. What happened with the love notes too, though, that I found was there were four distinct sections that I had. So within each section, I take a head to toe approach, but I did break the notes out into four different sections as well from the body parts on the outside, the body parts on the inside, the body parts that I've added to the outside over the years, like my crow's feet and a few scars. And then the last section is actually about body processes, like my voice, that things that I create, like tears. So before writing these books, either through Out Your Life or later, um, did you suffer from poor self-esteem when it came to your body? Was that the impetus or was it more of a expression of gratitude or a little bit of both? Probably a little bit of both, but very much, I just didn't like my body. And here's the thing that's tricky about that is I didn't realize how poorly I treated my body and how little I actually liked her. Um, 
her being my body until I started having this awakening around, I don't say very nice things to myself or I don't, I have two daughters and I would say, you know, I would hear them say something and I would be heartbroken that they had just said this mean thing to their body. And I realized I was doing that all of the time. And I was shocked, quite frankly, because if you had asked me before this practice started, do you like yourself? I would have said, yes, I'm a confident woman. Uh, but I really didn't. My actions showed me I actually really didn't like myself at all. And so. Yeah. So you've used the word healing a couple of times during our discussion today. Um, how did your body parts respond to your letters and your notes? It's well, I talked about that, that carrying that stress around. It's amazing once I stopped shooting myself, doing things I thought other people expected of me or trying to look a certain way, how much my body relaxed. Mm -hmm. And of course I do get stressed, you know, of course I have bad days and whatever, but, but I learned to, that my body relaxed. I also learned how capable I was. I held myself back from doing activities because I didn't think I had the right body to do those sorts of things. And I taught myself how to, or actually my daughters helped me teach myself how to do a handstand, something mm -hmm. I didn't think I had the kind of body that could do. So it's really in some respects about accepting your body, uh, celebrating your body, maybe even recognizing that you're not treating your body as well as you should in terms of what you're doing in terms of exercise or diet. But you've also said that writing the love notes is a way to sort of change the conversation about our bodies. I assume the media out there puts a lot of pressure on women and men for that matter, and uh, young people in particular. Um, is that part of what you're trying to do here too, is, is overcome some of that? Absolutely. The media and diet, or the media, the beauty and diet industries spend billions of dollars every year on social media, on commercials, on billboards to tell us something's wrong with our bodies. We need to change them to fit into this ideal that is always shifting. And we need a way to disrupt that conversation. And that's what I, that's what Love Notes did for me. It was a voice saying, hey, no, you're actually okay, just like you are. It's okay if you would like to eat French fries today, <laughs> you know, or it's okay if you really actually want to drink that kale smoothie, or it's okay if you want to hike the mountain trail, and it's okay if you just want to lay on the couch. The love notes became a different voice in my head that I could listen to instead of being inundated with those messages that I wasn't okay unless I looked a certain way, unless I performed certain activities and ate specific foods. All right, we're going to have a quick read here in just a second, but before we do, any body part you love more than the others and any body part you're still having some arguments with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I love my heart. Yeah. I love the actual mm -hmm. physical muscle of my heart that beats so many times a day just to keep me alive. I mean, that's, it's an amazing, miraculous creation, but I also love the more ephemeral heart of me that, that has compassion, not only for myself now, but for other people and just the way that I get to experience the world with being wide open with it. And parts that I struggle with, absolutely. 
my knees are something that I think will be a lifelong struggle. I've had four knee surgeries. Mm. I was not an athlete. I just had some accidents, but I've had four knee surgeries now. And I can't always do the things that I want to do or on a really um, humid day when we're about to have a storm, they ache, right? Mm. Or I'm actually going to read from the essay, Dear Belly. And that is a bugaboo for many, many people. And I want to have a better relationship with my belly. And I'm working very hard on that. But I think that's, again, a lifelong process to unhook myself from the things I've been told about what my belly should be and just accepting what my belly actually is. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's belly up to the bar, so to speak, and uh, <laughs> have, have a little read here whenever you're ready. Dear Belly, you symbolize the contradiction of body love and hate I've carried around my entire life, all centered around my weight. The juxtaposition of love and hate creates confusion and chaos. There's no way to move forward when you're always at odds. Do I love you? Yes. Yes, I do. You hold so many systems dear. You turn my food into nutrition my body needs. You remove toxins and waste that harm me. You grew and stretched with my babies. God, it was so easy to love you when they lived inside you. I could see your glorious bounty of skin and thrill at you. I wanted to touch you all the time. I loved you so. Do I hate you? Yes. Yes, I do. Sometimes. I see a photo of your roles or a side angle of you in the mirror, and my first reaction is to cringe. I think you're too fat, too full, too pregnant looking. I just want you to disappear. I ignore you, or camouflage you, or spanks you to pretend you're something that you're not. I can see how confused you must feel. You must wonder if I love you unconditionally, just as you are, with no judgment, or if I need you to conform, to slim down before I can let my love flow through you. Here's the thing. I do love you. I love you. I love you. It's time to accept you as you are, to accept what I can't or won't change. I have a curvy body, and I can't change that. Not without surgery, anyway. I've already had seven surgeries, two of which were C-sections you had to heal from, which is a gracious plenty. So I'm never going to elect to have a tummy tuck. And I've decided I don't want to restrict myself to low-calorie foods or count points so you'll shrink. I love food, as do taste buds. I don't want to deprive myself or think about whether a food is allowed or healthy. I just want to eat whatever my body craves. Some days that's green smoothies and salads and garlicky quinoa. And sometimes I want to indulge in sweets and booze and fast food without feeling like I must punish myself later. I want to move my body in juicy stretches and funky dance moves and long walks. I don't want to hold planks for an eternity or compress myself into tight crunches to try and change your shape. I want to move because it feels good, not because I want you to be something you're not. In reality, 
I know this won't change right away. I have to keep breaking the chain of lies that says fat is ugly or bad or something to hide. Every time I cringe, I can remind myself, I no longer believe that about you. I love you, Belly. I love your innie. I love your soft roundness. I love you. And I am committed to staying on this journey of acceptance with you for the rest of our lives. Love me. All right. Well, it's nice to, uh, you know, in an episode with a love note. But uh, before we do that, I've got a question too, real quick, just about the writing life. Does your editing experience get in the way of uh, your being a writer? I mean, do you, are you able to to let go and write? Or are you constantly, is the editing brain, do you have to switch that off as you're writing? Well, I actually have a practice that helps me. Well, I have a couple of practices that help me know, am I in my writing brain or in my editing brain? And the first is a practice that I learned when I was working with fifth graders on writing their own novels. And that was to take my inner editor and to physically put her in a box. Mm. You know, I have a little box. Some people can do this metaphorically. I, I like to be concrete and just say, you know what? Now is not your time to shine. You're going to get your chance. I promise you're going to have a lot of time to do that. But right now is just for writing. And so physically, when I start in my head, like, oh, I'm such a terrible writer or that word's misspelled or whatever's doing, you know, I can just touch that box and go, nope, stay in the box, editor. It's not time. And the other practice that really helps me to write is to listen to music. And I think a lot of writers I've heard talk about this. I, as I was writing these love notes, I created a playlist and it's a playlist that I share with folks when they sign up for my newsletter and it's called Nicole's Love Grooves. And I would just play those songs over and over to keep me in the mindset of I'm telling my story right now. It's not time to fix it just yet. And you've also been raising some money to donate uh, some of your love note bundles uh, into the hands of women who are living in difficult circumstances. Uh, Kudos to you for that. Uh, Hey, listen, we could sit here and talk about uh, these all day, but uh, maybe we'll just have our readers uh, and listeners go out there and buy these books and uh, maybe write some notes to their own bodies. Yeah. So thanks. Uh, There'll be information in the show notes, links in the show notes, uh, some photographs as as well. And uh, Nicole, thanks so much for being on Charlotte Rue's podcast. Thank you, Landis, so much for giving me a chance to chat with you. Well, that's it for today. Another fine author giving voice to their written work. Landis will be back next Friday getting under the covers with another interesting author. But before then, coming on Tuesday, we'll have another long-form episode with readings and conversations about the written words and the writing life of a local or regional author. Landis loves helping authors give voice to their written words, but he can't do it alone. If you're inclined to help me help authors give voice to their written words, please consider becoming a member supporter. We'd love to have you as a member. And when you join at certain levels, we'll give you access to member-only content curated by the authors and me. Would you like to hear more from the authors? Perhaps a variety of presentations on writing craft, or additional readings, or tips on marketing and social media. Would you like some behind-the-scenes insights and reflections from me, or some edited content from previous episodes without interruptions? You can find out more about these member-only benefits and how to become a member supporter at charlottereaderspodcast.com. Thank you for your support, and thank you for listening. Until next week. I'm Landis Wade for Charlotte Readers Podcast.